Support for Real Pink comes from Genentech, a member of the Roche Group, who pursues groundbreaking science to discover and develop medicines for people with breast cancer. Learn more at gene.com. That's G-E-N-E.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Deciding when and how to tell your children about your breast cancer diagnosis can be difficult to navigate. As a parent, your initial instinct may be to protect them from the realities of your diagnosis and treatment, but sharing age-appropriate information can be helpful and healing and can allow you to support each other through the experience. To share her story and the lessons that she learned about talking to your kids about breast cancer is Commander Caprice Massey. Commander Massey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you and learn about your perspective. Talking to kids is never easy. Talking to kids, or I should say talking to kids about complex things is never easy. Talking to kids about breast cancer cannot possibly be easy. But to start with, tell us a little more about yourself and about your breast cancer journey. Well, I'm from Oregon, so I live in the Portland metro area. I am a commander with the Washington County Sheriff's Office, like you referenced. Um, I have an amazing husband, three incredible daughters, but my breast cancer journey actually started when I was very young because my mom had breast cancer on three separate occasions. Um, during her time of diagnosis on the first two, I was actually in the Navy and deployed in the middle of the ocean and she was taking care of my oldest daughter while she was going through chemo and all of her treatment. So my first experience was one that I did not, I felt powerless, you know, to even be there to support my mom. Yeah. So when it transitioned and it became my journey, ironically, my oldest daughter was deployed to Kuwait as a Marine when I got diagnosed. Wow. So she was in the same position um, I was in when I found out about my mom and wow. that parallel was, was actually quite difficult. And I will share with you that once I got diagnosed, I didn't know what to do about my younger daughters because they were four and six mm. and I did not have any instincts, at least not good ones on how, uh, we should handle that. Well, yeah. And let's talk, let's talk about that for a minute. So, I mean, how, did you handle it? How did you tell them about it? When did you tell them about it? How did you approach it? Well, my husband and I, I think, you know, naively thought that we should not tell them. So we did a lot of crying and uh, praying and a little bit of panicking in the garage every day, um, trying to keep it from them. But mm. I tell you, my instincts made me feel like they knew something was wrong. right because despite our best attempts at trying to hide it from them i think you could see it and you could sense our energy so when we went to our first appointment with the oncologist um that was one of the first questions i asked you know do you have any advice what has been your experience mm -hmm. with people who are diagnosed but have small children and she was adamant that they already knew there was something and that we needed to find an age appropriate way to let them know that, you know, I am sick and yeah. allow them some opportunities to be involved in that so that they feel like they're a part of the process. So we were just wrong <laughs> instinctively yeah. in the beginning. And then we took that advice and 
but we sat them down. Yeah. I mean, I would say my experience with children has been that they are always more perceptive than I give them credit for. And even when I Agreed. try to give them more credit, I, they're still more perceptive yes, than I give exactly them credit for. Right. right? Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, they, surely they knew something was going on and didn't know what. Agreed. Then they feel like it's them, right? Or there's yeah, something that right. they've done or, or you know, yeah, they're just not right. sure. And it, it just wasn't fair to them to leave them in that dark for as long that's as we right. can. That's right. No, that's right. And, and, and so let's talk about going through your treatment. Were you open with your children about the struggles and challenges of that? Or did you put on a brave face and try to hide it from them? Or was there sort of a balance to that? I really appreciate having an opportunity to talk about this piece specifically, because uh, one of the things that my husband David and I talk about frequently is that um, somehow my getting breast cancer ended up being a gift and an opportunity for me to be a better mom, mm. regardless of what we were going through. Um, as I referenced earlier, my mom, uh, she worked two jobs and took care of my oldest with my dad um, while I was deployed and still went and got chemo and did all of her treatment. And she just pushed through. She pushed through her whole life. And so, of course, that's what I saw. And so for me, I would go, I scheduled my treatments for the end of the day so that I could go to work all day and then leave work and go to, you know, get treatment. And then my husband, about two weeks in, he had to start driving me home. So he would take me and get me home. And um, I had, I was committed to sort of setting those plans with our girls and saying, yes, it doesn't matter how I feel, we are going to go. You know, if I promise that we're going somewhere, we're going. And it just didn't matter how I felt. And uh, in one instance, the social worker asked if she could talk to us as we were leaving treatment. And we sat down and she asked how I was doing. And I told her I was just super sick and really tired, but I was okay. I was handling it and pushing through. And she asked me about the girls. And I said, well, I'm, I'm keeping my promises. I'm not letting my exhaustion or anything else keep me from doing what I say I'm going to do. And she said, okay. So when they're sick, what do you tell them? And I was like, well, you know, I ask them to rest and take care of themselves, drink lots of fluids. I um, make sure that they're in bed and I ask them to make sure that they're getting the right kind of food so that they can feel better. And she said to me, why would they do that? You don't. Mm -hmm. And I had such an emotional reaction to that mm. and she said it doesn't matter what you tell them about taking care of themselves if you push through no matter how sick you are and you don't take care of yourself they will do what they see mm. and i was floored it just it blew me away i thought did i really come in here to learn how to be a better parent and to model taking care of myself so that my daughters whenever they're going through something, we'll, we'll uh, know that it's important to take care of yourself so that you can be healthy later. And yeah. it, was, it, was, um, it was a significant emotional event. It was an opportunity for us to go, wow, we have been doing it wrong a little bit in that, sure, I could keep going, but um, even my workplace, they were so supportive and they 
they just wrap themselves around us and our kids. And, um, you know, I just kept wanting to go in and people were always saying, why are you here? I'm like, well, this is my job. And they're like, no, you should not be here. <laughs> right. Um, right. So we went home that same day and uh, I broke a promise for something we were going to do. And London, our four-year-old, said, oh, that's okay. I'm going to take care of you. And she covered me up with her blanket, got me a glass of water and read a book to me. Mm, and that's great. it gave her an opportunity to really participate in um, what we were going through. And she was grateful for just the chance to, oh, I can take care of you now the same way you do for us. Mm. And I was like, oh, maybe this is a re maybe this is a silver lining. This is just a mm. piece. I'm going to grow from this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, so, I mean, and what I'm hearing from you is that there, there were kind of these two components, right? There's one where you let your children in to experience this in an appropriate way with you so that they were a part of you going through this process, but then too, that you begin to model that behavior that, that you want to see them do, you know, right. both now and through the rest of their lives. That's, that's pretty fantastic. I know it was pretty amazing. And I was sincerely shocked that mm. that revelation came to me in the way that it did. I was offended for about a half a second before I realized she was brilliant <laughs> and I was never going to get there on my own. That right. had to come from someone else. Well, and now we can all benefit from, from that experience and from that lesson, right? That's oh, why we're having that. this yes. conversation because we can all become better people and better parents and better role models um, through, you know, you sharing your experience with us. So oh, now, is, is there, is there anything else that you've learned throughout this process that you wish you might've handled differently? Um, you know, I, I feel like with my oldest daughter, she was in Kuwait and um, we didn't have, as many opportunities, you know, to communicate and things like that. And I, I yeah. wish that, um, I, I really wish that I had had a better sort of venue or format to communicate with her what was going on. But with the way they were working, you know, 16 hours a day and we were going through treatments, there just really wasn't that. And I wish I would have been a little more intentional and mm. compassionate about my communication with her. Um, it was easier almost with the four and six year old because, um, I really could break it down. Like mommy has an owie, you know, and this mm, is something yeah. that, you know, doc, that, uh, Dr. Dela Malena is going to help me with the same way Dr. Gail helps you when you have an owie. And yeah. I could relate it that way. But for her, um, I, I think I mistakenly, uh, communicated with her like she was a full adult and she was she was 21 but she wasn't at home um she was hearing the news that her mom had cancer which is terrifying and i should have remembered what that felt like because yeah. i didn't communicate yeah. with her in a very compassionate way i just kind of almost like ripping the band-aid off and mm. it was really hard for her um yeah. and then the repercussions of that were just that she was all alone, you know, having a very emotional reaction and a really difficult time and didn't feel like she had a tribe that uh, she could talk to out there. Yeah. And I just, for some reason, I, I should have been more cognizant of that having been there myself. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, but, and, and again, learning from your lessons, right. It, it speaks to 
taking the time to communicate with intentionality, whether we're communicating yes. with a loved one that's younger and we're making it an age appropriate message or we're communicating with uh, an ad- adult, which I might yeah. put in quotes at 21, uh, but we're communicating yes. with an adult that, that we still need to think through the messaging. Right. Um, right. And that's not always easy to do in that moment, but maybe we can, yes. maybe if somebody's listening, they can surround themselves with somebody that can help them. That, right. Which exactly. Leads into my last question. What advice would you give to someone that's been recently diagnosed that is struggling to figure out the best way to navigate this subject and navigate this communication? Um, I would say that um, first and foremost, surround yourself with your friends and your family, your tribe, um, people that love you because they are going to have some unbelievable perspectives that we won't have in the moment when we're, you know, sort of in crisis trying to process what's happening and what's just happened and what's going to happen next. Um, I think for me, uh, one of the things that I also mistakenly tried to do was, you know, be tough and strong and say, well, I'm a cop and I'm a mom and I can, I can do this. And I don't want to burden anyone else with, you know, feeling like they have to take care of me. Um, I would ask people to consider that allowing people to help you is a gift. Mm, Um, It allows people to feel like, um, you know, they're participating with you and taking care of you and picking up things for you. For instance, even small things like we had people say, um, can, can we take the girls out for a day so that you can just rest? It seems yeah. like a small thing, but it was sincerely beautiful. And initially, I didn't want to burden people with that. Uh, but what I learned was that it, it was really a gift to them mm. to be right. able to contribute and to be a part of that. So um, also, I, I really got some exceptional advice from my care team, um, my oncologist surgeon. And she she's the one that led us down the path of making sure that we communicate with our kids and and with other people and and um the last piece for me really is you know allow yourself some grace when you kind of you know you go for it and it just does not go the way you wanted it to and you blow it up and um it's not the best communication or you make a mistake or you don't do it the way you wanted to allow yourself some grace because we are all, you know, processing differently. We're all getting through it a little bit differently and everyone responds a little bit differently and we're all doing the best we can. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. I mean, Caprice, this is very encouraging and I I want you to know that I, I appreciate you sharing your struggles, your mistakes with us so that we can all be better people, right? Better communicators. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we can, we can help educate the people that are around us when we have needs. Um, and thank you for that. And thank you also for recognizing that accepting gift, accepting help when you're sick is a gift to you and to the other yes. person. I think that's yes. really important. Really important. So uh, Caprice, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'd love to have you back again sometime. Thanks. This has been great. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. 
Thanks to Genentech for supporting Real Pink. To find out more about Genentech's latest advancements, visit gene.com. That's G-E-N-E dot com.